Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Oh my goodness, we only got five of these episodes left. It's getting pretty serious in Jesus's story, and he's about to launch us forth from this place of reading his story to living his story in a greater way. One of the ways that we can live out this story is by learning to suffer with him. Paul says it this way in Philippians 3, I want to share in the fellowship of the suffering of Christ. There's so much suffering in this age, suffering that happens just because it happens, suffering that happens because we sin or are dysfunctional, and suffering that happens because of righteousness sake, where we do the right thing and we suffer because of it. In all three categories of suffering, there's friendship for you. Jesus never suffered because of his own sin. But he certainly suffered because of the circumstances around him. Death was at work even in his own body. He experienced aging. And certainly suffering existed because of the righteousness that he lived in as people opposed him and even up to this moment as people tortured him. May today as you hear of Christ's sufferings, may you learn to fellowship with him when you suffer So that in moments of suffering, you would always recognize that Jesus has already passed through such suffering. Jesus experiences your suffering because you're his body or part of his body. And Jesus wants to talk to you about your suffering so that it be filled with joy and peace. This is Matthew 27, verses 27 through 44. Jesus is suffering. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him. And took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. What's suffering? So many layers of suffering. There's the suffering of being stripped of your clothing and experiencing a nakedness with people that don't love you, that don't trust you. And there is a certain defilement that was experienced. The scarlet robe, the very thing that embodies royalty, that color even, a picture of royalty. And there, the one that these men will worship forever or be distant from forever was right there. And though none of them truly worshiped him, They falsely and in a mocking way worship the one that the rest of us will all worship forever. I'm excited to see one day the potential of one of these men having been rescued by someone in the church preaching the gospel in the decades after. 
I'm excited to think of the thought of one of these men actually being before Jesus with a real crown on his head, clothed in real royal clothes, kneeling before him as a real scepter is in his hand, and crying out, worthy is the lamb who I slain. Worthy is the king of the universe. Oh, beloved, may we be empowered from God to go out specifically to the critics, those that mock and treat Christianity as a joke. May God give you power from on high wisdom and clarity to break down the doors of darkness, to shine the light, and to see those that mock Christ be a part of that company that will praise him forever. They took the staff which represented his authority and leadership and beat him over the head. Christ is the head. And with his shepherding rod and staff and scepter, he will be the head of the church and the head of the new heavens and the earth. Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. Spirits, humans, creatures, everything will bend its knee and submit to his head. And here they are beating his human head repeatedly. Concussions, vision loss, confusion. So many things beginning to be felt in the body and the soul of Jesus. And after all this mockery, they led him away to be crucified. Verse 32, as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. I love that. The name Simon means hear or listen. (laughs) And it's like God calling out, listen to this. They forced him to carry the cross. They forced him to carry the cross. I want to highlight that in this age, so many opposing Jesus, the demonic is constantly trying to put on us the sufferings of Christ. And Jesus told us, if you're not worth, if you're not willing to daily die, to daily take up your cross and follow me. You're not worthy to be called my disciple. You're not going to be able to follow me or to be close to me if you're unwilling to take up my cross, your cross. Listen in, church. It's so easy to try to avoid crosses. Jesus could have avoided this one, but he did not. May you take up your cross daily. May there not be even one day of a cross that you throw off. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. May you be blessed today not to suffer aimlessly or to step into bad situations to suffer, but rather may you not shrink back from ever doing or speaking righteousness because of the suffering that will come your way today. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, another fulfillment of the prophetic, that they would cast lots for his clothes. Each moment in time here is amazing because so many of the Old Testament had pictures and signs of this moment fulfilling all that was written. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Verse 37, Above his head they placed the written charge against him. 
This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The truth of God hanging on a sign. He looked the very opposite. The Jews had killed him. They had handed him over. The Gentiles were observing not the King of the Jews, but the one that the Jews abhorred, at least the leaders. But there as he was hanging there, God wanted to make clear, yes, indeed, he was not only accused to be the king of the Jews, but let all of heaven hear this is the Messiah, the king of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. I don't know about you, there's been very few times where I've been mocked Uh, And definitely not to this caliber, this extreme, but mockery can be so painful. And it's interesting that Jesus had been tested in a similar way leading up to this. If you remember at the beginning of Matthew, before Jesus launched into his ministry and before God released the power to him by which to do the signs, wonders, and miracles, he was tested by Satan in the desert. And what did Satan say then? It's the same that he's saying now through the spiritual leaders in the crowds. If you are the Son of God, then do this. In this situation, it's if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. He's constantly getting Jesus or trying to get Jesus to question his identity and the Father's perspective of him. What kind of father tacks his son to a tree, distance relationally from the son, pours all the sin onto the son, and then releases all the wrath, manifested in physical torture, but going to be culminated in him going down into death, into Hades. What kind of father does that? Jesus at this moment is being pressed by a physical pain which is such deep agony, by a spiritual weight of every single sin, past, present, and future, absorbing into his body, just like the priests in the Old Testament would lay their hands on the scapegoat and all the sins of Israel would transfer into it. They'd kill the one and send the other into the wilderness. Here is our scapegoat, the father in a sense laying hands on him, the chief priests, teachers of the law, and the elders saying, yes, kill him, and the sins of all of humanity coming upon him. What pressure on his spirit, soul, and body. And they say, if you're a son, you shouldn't be experiencing this. If you're a son, just come on down. Use that son authority. Oh, I'm sure the depth of temptation for Jesus to hit the off switch, the kill switch on this thing, For him to say, you know what? Me and the Father and the Holy Spirit, we had it perfect before all these crazies were created. We don't need any of them. We lived in perfect love. They don't complete us. We're complete in ourselves. I can get off this cross, be healed by my Father, go back to glory, and just pull another Noah's flood and destroy everyone. Maybe I'll save a few. 
But no, the fullness of time had come, and it was time for Jesus to win his bride and for Jesus to create a new bloodline, a new creation, a new family. There he is. They said, you are going, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. They didn't realize that the temple that would need to be destroyed in order to be rebuilt to make you and me and all of us one holy temple was his body. The temple needed to be there on that tree dying so that the temple of our bodies could be cleansed from our sin and so that the temple of our bodies could be used collectively for one thing, to host the glorious presence of Jesus and the Father, and to be the place where he meets with us and expresses himself through us. There was the beginning of this temple crucified. Verse 42, they continue, He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. Just hear the voice of Satan echoing through these human lips. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he actually wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. You ever felt that same temptation to believe that God might not want you? Have you ever been suffering because of your own sin or the sin of others or just natural circumstances and the thought that comes into your mind, if God really loved me or if God really wanted me or if God really cared for me, he would change my circumstances. Be aware of what voices exist in your head and in your heart and in the atmosphere around you. Because Satan is on the move, causing us to assume that to be a son or a daughter of God means that things should go a certain way. Beloved, the certain way that God wants it to go will come. His kingdom will come and his perfect will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But now we must suffer in a place of faith as Jesus did. Verse 44, in the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults upon him. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus. Jesus.